Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Gabe DeArmond here starting your 573 T's postgame live report after a 66-24 loss in Knoxville by Missouri to the Tennessee Volunteers that was, well, about as close as last year's Tennessee game. Actually, that's not fair. It was closer until the third quarter when Tennessee scored 38 straight points and, um, Missouri did nothing particularly well. 66-24, Tigers fall to 4-6 and six on the season. Gerard Hamilton is in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium. He's going to join us when he is done doing post-game interviews with Eli Drinkwitz and uh, whoever Missouri sends out to talk about that, that one. Um, so until then, I'm going to talk with you guys. I'm going to fill the time and Take your comments and all that. So if you do have comments, questions, please uh, build them up in the queue and we will get to those momentarily. Do want to point out, as we always do at the beginning of this show, that we are brought to you. This is made possible after every single game by 573tees.com. Wearing some of their stuff right now. They actually made us some uh, powermazoo.com gear. Got some hoodies, got some long sleeve t-shirts and polos, all that. So they did that to outfit our staff. Uh, hopefully Gerard is not wearing the same outfit when he comes on but at this point whatever it doesn't matter you guys got plenty of things to be mad about besides uh mine and gerard's wardrobe but if you want some stuff from from 573 look they can do custom stuff if you've got a design if you've got something you want on a shirt or a hat i've got a, a power mizzou visor you can get in touch with them and and they'll take care of it or they have plenty of stuff that they've already made their own designs a lot of mizzou stuff a lot of chief stuff blue stuff cardinal stuff uh columbia stuff we've got some local businesses that do stuff with 573 T. So you do that either in person uh, in Alley A between 9th and 10th Street in downtown Columbia, or you can visit them online at 573TEES.com. Certainly appreciate those guys not only uh, hooking us up with some gear, but also making this show possible. And um, this is going to be interesting. I, I haven't read any of your comments yet. I'm going to get to them. I want to say one thing first. I said coming into this game, if Tennessee had a chance to hang 90, it was going to hang 90. I think there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, Tennessee's playing to impress the playoff committee. And I'm just going to tell you guys that a lot of these guys, these voters and committee, they're not going to sit and watch the entire game. 66-24 looks better than 52-24. It just does. Um, so I knew that was going to be a factor coming in. Second of all, I don't know if you guys remember this, but earlier this summer, Eli Drinkwitz was on Paul Feinbaum's show and had some comments about, you know, uh, I don't know, Tennessee had some things come out uh, when Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach. And uh, Drinkwitz had some comments about, you know, how maybe they should change Missouri's record to 2-0 and now against Tennessee. I, I don't think he meant it as a shot to Tennessee, but it came across as a shot to Tennessee. The way he said it made it sound like, well, Tennessee's beaten me two years in a row but they had ineligible players. Again, I don't think that's what he meant, but I promise you that's how Tennessee people took it. And stuff like that, guys, it's not forgotten. The lightsaber with, with Florida, it's not going to be forgotten. When you have a coach who is out there as brazen and let's be honest, sometimes as cocky as Missouri's coach is, that is going to come back to bite you if a team has a chance to make it come back to bite you. Missouri or Josh Heupel in Tennessee had a chance to make it come back and bite you. Now I watched the, the post game handshake. It looked to me like Heupel was explaining something to Drinkwitz. 
I, if I had to guess what he probably said was, Hey man, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to get this team from number five to number four. And I got to make a statement. The other thing is that's his backup quarterback. That's a backup running back. Feel free to stop them at any point if you want to. So I just want to get that out there first. I know a bunch of people are probably mad about Hypel scoring late and all that. It was a little bit of a flashback to like some of those Nebraska and Oklahoma games that, that I watched growing up. But I, I've, I've always said stop them. Like, I, you know, taking a knee is more insulting to me. Um, and I understand somebody that says they didn't need the last touchdown. That's fine. But but again, feel free to stop them. Uh, I don't... I, I don't really take a whole lot out of the last two and a half minutes of that game, other than even against Tennessee's backups, Missouri couldn't make a play today. And again, if you're going to talk the way Eli Drinkwitz has talked sometimes over the past three years, it, there's a decent chance it comes back and bites you. Uh, that's that's all there is to that. So I want to get that out there first, and then I want to go through, and, and it looks like it was appropriate because the first comment is Hypel is definitely not a class act. I don't know. I think he was doing something first team. Honestly, um, I think if the opponent was Vanderbilt or Kentucky or anybody else coming off a loss last week, I think Heupel probably does the same thing. I think he's trying to make a statement for the playoff committee as much as anything. And like JB says, play better if you don't want it to happen. Totally agree there. Um, you know, Stuart West says for the first time all season, the defense had a bad game. No surprise yet. Yeah, so, so a couple things on, on that front. You're right. First time all season, they've played poorly. And they did play poorly, make no mistake. They put 724 yards. Tennessee average, last I looked, it was eight yards of play, um, 9.7 yards per play. They basically got a first down every time they snapped the ball. 33 first downs out of 75 total plays, 460 passing yards, 264 rushing. They did absolutely anything they wanted. Averaged 7.1 yards uh, per run. They averaged well over 10 yards per pass attempt. I, I mean, just absolute domination from Tennessee offensively. So I I was like, I don't think the defense mailed it in or quit. They, I just don't think they had any answers all day. And, you know, that I, I, you can go two directions here. First of all, I'm, I'm a little surprised this didn't happen any sooner this season. Um, you know, that defense has been asked to be almost perfect all year. And it has been almost perfect all year. Very few mistakes. Certainly no bad games. Uh, I'm a little surprised that that there wasn't a breakdown or wasn't, a, a you know, the, the dam didn't collapse any sooner than it did. I, I think that's more of a credit to Tennessee than it is an insult to Missouri. But I, I also want to say that, man, that was a fun scheme to watch. Like, they were, I mean, from, from the opening snap, Missouri and Tennessee ran a very similar play on their first play of the game. Wasn't the exact same thing, but basically you got motion, you run a, a guy out into the flat, just throw him a short little two yard pass. Missouri's went for four, Tennessee's went for 22. Part of that is definitely that Tennessee has better players, but also, guys, Josh Heupel's offense has done this everywhere. I mean, he, he set records at Missouri. Um, with, you know, good players, but not necessarily elite players. And it, it makes you wonder, like, what 
can he do that? What does he do offensively that nobody else maybe not nobody else, but that a lot of other people haven't figured out how to do. And, and everybody's going to say, well, he was gifted Hendon hooker. Yeah. Look, Hendon hooker wasn't Hendon hooker before Josh Heupel coached him. And drew lock wasn't drew lock before Josh Heupel coached him. He makes decent to good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks. I think Hendon hooker is going to win the Heisman. Honestly, um, you know, Drew Locke set an SEC record for touchdown passes and the knock on Josh's offense when he was here always was, yeah, but against good defenses, it doesn't work. So what's true? Is that wrong or is Missouri's defense not good? Because the knock was it didn't work against good defenses. That was a top 20 defense and Josh Heupel absolutely shredded it today. So look, on one hand, you got to tip your cap. I mean, that was a that was a very, very fun offense to watch. They were throwing the ball all over to guys just absolutely wide open. And when they weren't doing that, they were handing it off for like 20 yards a carry at times. Um, I, I mean, if if they don't have a couple drops in there, it's it's probably even worse, to be quite honest. Uh, and, and a couple penalties, you know, so uh, hats off to Tennessee. They they ran Missouri out of the building and 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 looked phenomenal doing it on offense. And uh, you know, uh, JB points out Jalen Carlisle had a terrible game. No question, man. He's going to want to burn that tape. He's not going to show a single play of that game to any of the NFL scouts. Um, and there were a bunch of them there today. And I don't think that JC was alone. I think there were plenty of other guys who who didn't play well offensively, um, but the nature of being a safety is that it's very noticeable when you make a mistake. Um, Mizzou fan number seven says our offense was decent and the defense was overwhelmed. And that's my column is, is not posted yet. It's mostly written, but that that's kind of what I wrote about. So two things stand out to me. First of all, Missouri just like they do enough to lose every week. And, and, and you can say, Hey, I see progress and they're close. And, and I understand that point of view. And I'm I'm not even sure it's wrong. But the only common theme here is, hey, they almost beat Georgia. And they almost beat Florida. And they probably should have beat Auburn. And, you know, they, they pushed Kentucky. Um, but they're not getting it done. And then, hey, for two and a half quarters, like it was 28-24. You thought maybe they had a chance in this game. You know, uh, but but the only consistent theme here is they don't get it done. And so is that progress? I don't know. Um, through 33 games, Eli Drinkwitz is 15 and 18. Through 33 games, Barry Odom was 15 and 18. Through 25 SEC games, Eli Drinkwitz is 10 and 15. Through 25 SEC games, Barry Odom was 11 and 14. And I know it's not just about the record. And I understand somebody who will fire back with, but I think they're a better team than they used to be. And they might be a better team. They probably are at least somewhat of a better team. But they they still get beat most weeks. Um, they're, they're a sub-500 football program over the last eight years. Um, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, almost eight years now. Um, they're under 500. Overall, they're 17 games under 500 in SEC play. Uh, they've been passed by Kentucky. They've been lapped by Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and the other thing, 
Mizzou fan number seven said our offense was decent. And I think that's right. I think that's the right description. It was decent. I Brady Cook should hire Rick Neuheisel as his agent. Because the number of times I heard that Brady Cook has turned a corner and he's grown. And I, I believe at one point, he's, one point he said Drink found himself a quarterback today. Guys, the offense was okay. They scored 24 points. They had 389 total yards. Cook completed 59% of his passes for 217 yards. He also ran for 106, by the way. Missouri had no offense outside of Brady Cook, so he didn't get any help. But if it, I, I don't, I just didn't understand where Rick Neuheisel was coming from. He, he was, I mean, there was a Heisman winning quarterback who was, was doing ridiculous things all day on that field, but he didn't play for Missouri. Um, Brady was fine. He was, he was solid. Um, but, but how big of a curve And again, this is kind of some of what I'm writing. How big of a curve do we grade on? Because the offense has just been awful all season when they're, average-ish, maybe a little above average, all of a sudden now we we gush about it. It, it was a fine offensive game. 24 was never going to beat Tennessee. Never. Under any circumstance. So, you know, yes, while defense loss is, the, I mean, look, you give up 66 points and 725 yards, you're losing every time. But, yeah, that's the main reason they lost. But the offense still wasn't good enough to win this game. If, if the defense plays a Good game to, I, I said coming in, good for defense in this game was giving up 28 points to Tennessee. And I didn't have any faith that Missouri could score 28 points, and they didn't. Um, you know, they scored 24 points and at 389 yards. It's slightly above their season averages. It was fine. But fine isn't good enough, guys. Fine is a C. And again, that's his side of the ball. So if you want to grade on, well, they've been really bad. So, so you know, average is great. I mean, okay, but just because you've been, it's like winning the most improved award, right? When you win the most improved award, that means you sucked to start. So even if Missouri's the most improved offense in the country this week, it's not good enough. It's it's incredibly average. That that's all there is. Um, Todd Julian says, I can't stop thinking Cook gets every snap and then transfers after the season. It's not impossible. Um, look, he's graduating in December. I don't know. Uh, I I don't I don't think he's the quarterback of the future here. Um, I've seen enough to to tell me he's probably not. Um, but I'm not Eli Drinkwitz. I, I don't I mean where Where's Jack Abraham or Sam Horn or Tyler Macon other than one? Don't even get me started on the Tyler Macon formation. But it, like you're down 55 to 20 or 52 to 24. Somebody else can't get a snap. I, it's I don't know. It's really weird to me. I, I It's the third. It's the second year in a row. I won't say the third straight year because I thought he handled it okay his first year. But it's the second straight year that I just don't really understand what he's doing at the quarterback position. I mean, it's, hey, this is my guy and this is all we're ever going to do. And and I don't care who it is. I mean, I wrote a lot about the reason Sam Horn didn't play on Friday. And I think it's fair that Sam Horn hasn't played. But, like, Jack Abraham can't get out there and get a couple practice throws in. Game's decided. You know, what, what happens if Brady Cook gets hurt there? 
you know, because you obviously think he's far and away your number one. So if he gets hurt there, you're you're jeopardizing the Arkansas game. Uh, I don't know. Really, uh, really weird. Uh, JB says we had 50 false starts. Uh, don't know how you think the offense did well. Let's look at the penalties. Um, let's see. How many did they have? Uh, penalties. Where's that at? I don't know. It's not. Oh, penalties. 14 for 14 for 120. My God. I didn't realize it was that many. I, be honest. I think I kind of spaced out for a lot of the fourth quarter. Um, the false starts, you know, hey, it's it's a tough place to play. It's so loud. There's 101,000. No question. Um, Justin says, didn't understand drink continuing to punt when this defense hadn't stopped him all day. I, I tend to agree. Um, and that's part of the reason I don't really mind Heifel running up a little at the end. I mean, I, I thought there were some, you know, you're now 59-24. Why are you punting on fourth and six with three and a half minutes left? I, I mean, just might as well go for it, whatever. Um, give your offense some practice. I, I thought it was – this was crystallized for me in the last 20 seconds of the first half. He still doesn't trust his offense. He still doesn't trust his quarterback. He got down, had – after a Brady Cook scramble, had, you know, first and goal, I think, down inside the tent. Uh, you got about 20 seconds and one timeout left. He runs the ball, uses, doesn't use the timeout, spikes it, but still doesn't have time to do anything except kick a field goal. I mean, it, it, I don't know why you're running on from the eight-yard line or six-yard line, wherever they were. I don't know why you're running there. Well, I do know why you're running, and I said it. It's because you're scared to death your quarterback's going to throw an interception. And that's where you're at with this offense. Even when you're, I mean, at 28-14 there, I get you need points, but field goals don't beat that team. It's the reason you see NFL coaches even when they're playing Buffalo and Kansas City. They're going for it on fourth and four because they know three points isn't good enough. When you were punting the ball back to Tennessee there, three points wasn't enough. You needed, you needed more. And it was a coach that didn't trust his team and didn't trust his quarterback. And he hasn't trusted his quarterback all year long. And for those of you out there saying he shouldn't, I get it. I've watched it too. I'm not saying he should. But I'm just saying we're in week 10 of year three. And you're down inside the 10-yard line with the chance to go into halftime down seven against the number five team in the country. And you don't even take a shot at it. It's not that, it's not that they ended up settling for a field goal. If they'd ended up settling for a field goal, I'm fine. But it was that they didn't even try to do anything else. They ran the ball, didn't call the timeout. So even if, if it, it, and, and here's why they didn't call the timeout. Because if you run the ball on first down, okay, call the timeout. You got like 17 seconds left or something like that. Then you just throw the ball into the end zone. You tell your quarterback, if it's not there, just wing it into the stands. Didn't trust him to do it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. That was like a clinic in, I have an offense I don't trust. And and I understand that that this offense has has learned or has earned not being trusted this season. I, I truly do understand it. It's still relatively frustrating, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Keep on rolling. Um, John Long says, "Why not press the wide receivers in the first half? Too much cushion." Well, because I think. And you saw it at times. If you press them, they're going to run by you. Like, that's a really good receiving core. It's a really good offensive scheme. And 
it shouldn't have taken me 20 minutes to say this, guys. Tennessee's just better. Like, they're just better. They've, they've got more talent. Um, they've got better players. Uh, so if you come up and press them, they're going 70 yards in two plays as opposed to sitting back and 70 yards in six plays. But I don't really think it matters, to be quite honest. Um, I, I don't – today was, you know, everything had to go perfectly for Missouri to have a shot at this, and, and everything didn't go perfectly. Tennessee just got a lot better football team. And, like, that can upset you. That can discourage you. You can say, but hang on. Missouri won five of the first seven games against Tennessee in the SEC and has now lost four straight in the last three have been 163 to 60. Uh, Tennessee in the last three years has not just caught Missouri. It has left Missouri so far behind. Missouri can't see them right now. Um, and you absolutely are. That's fine to be upset about that. Um, but that's where we're at. You know, it's today was talent more than anything to be quite honest. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything uh, else to say. Mizzou fan says they put up almost 400 yards in offense, cooked through for 217 at 106 rushing. That's probably one of the better offensive games. And, and kind of like we talked about earlier, it is one of the better offensive games. It's maybe the best. It's probably the best non-Louisiana Tech Abilene Christian offensive game of the year. And it's still not good enough. I mean, it just isn't. You know, it was, it was okay. It was fine. It would beat South Carolina. It would probably beat Vanderbilt. That's about it. Wouldn't beat anybody else in the league. I, I mean, Justin Ferguson said whatever defensive game plan they had, they just need to burn it. Yeah, look, Tennessee's made them look awful two years in a row. I mean, last year they played a 3-3-5 defense that they've never played before and looked like they had never played it. If you remember, they had Jatori and Hansford at middle linebacker. I don't know that the scheme was much different today, but it, it clearly didn't work. It, by the way, Tennessee's number one receiver was out. Uh, he didn't play Cedric Tillman, number one, number two, whatever. I mean, Hyatt's having a pretty good year. But uh, one of their top two receivers didn't play in this game. Could have been worse. Um, Alex says, an embarrassment. Drink gets an extension and raise for this type of effort. Yeah. I mean, not great timing. 0-2 since the extension. Been outscored, what, would be 87-41. to um, It's not a good look. There's no question about it. Um, let's see who has a worse defense, Mizzou football or Mizzou basketball. Well, look, I, I don't want to pile too much on the defense. They were dreadful today. I, there's no question. They were awful today. But that team, that defense has carried this team. They've been asked to be absolutely perfect all season long. And they just haven't quite been perfect. And today it finally just broke against a really good offense run by a very good offensive football coach. It happens, man. I mean, like, yeah, you can be mad about today, and you can say the defense played poorly, and that's all true. But this defense had a really good season, and Blake Baker's had a really good year, and he deserved the contract he got. Um, So, you know, I, I'm not going to be too hard on, on that defense. I mean, today sucked, and guess what? You get a bad day. At some point in a 12-game season, you're allowed a bad day. Missouri had a bad day today. And and it was a bad day to have a bad day because Tennessee, I mean, you have a bad day against Tennessee. It's it's going to really, really show up. Uh, carried by dad said, cool, we got to see their backup QB. Wish we could have seen ours. I Look, I don't know what it takes for Eli Drinkwitz to, to play a backup quarterback. I mean, it, it appears that they just 
he just won't do it. I don't know. Um, other than recruiting, is the program better under drink than it was under Odom? I don't know. Is it? I mean, I, it's a fair question. Um, and the, the people that get mad at that question, that think it's a ridiculous question, it's not a ridiculous question, by the way. It's fair. Uh, but the people who think it's a ridiculous question are going to say, well, but his recruiting hasn't even really been able to show up yet. So you can't judge it. This is year three. If the recruiting hasn't shown up yet at all, I mean, I mean, yes, I'm willing to give it another year. I'm not saying fire. I, I, in no circuit. I, I, I feel like I always have to be clear about that. But um, I, I posted a tweet yesterday that listed the number of snaps played by true freshmen. Missouri's got the fourth fewest in the league. Um, and most of them are Luther Burden. All but 11 of them are Burden, Makai Miller, and Armand Mimbo. I mean, it was the best recruiting class in school history. They only got three guys playing. Um, you know, now the transfers didn't figure into that class ranking, but they did make a big impact. So that's probably a little bit under, unfair. But my point is recruiting is theoretical. It's on paper. We don't know for sure that it's that the recruiting is better than it was under Barry Odom. On paper, it is. And that usually matters. Like that usually translates. But there are exceptions. I mean, for years, Tennessee recruited circles around Missouri, and Missouri beat Tennessee on the field more often than not. So it can happen that recruiting rankings don't translate because the coaching staff can't develop that. I mean, you know, and, and like the recruiting rankings under Odom, top to bottom, probably were fair. He, you know, but I don't know. I mean, there were a, a decent number of guys. I mean, not the best day to say it, but J.C. Carlisle, um, you know, Tyler Beatty, um, Ennis, uh, not in a strike straw. I'm sorry, Larry Roundtree. Uh, there are a lot of guys that, you know, ended up being pretty good players. So, um Maybe the recruiting wasn't quite as bad as it looked under Odom. And I'm not saying it's not as good as it looks under Drinkwitz. I'm just saying we we don't yet have proof that it is. And, and so to your actual question, other than recruiting, is the program better under Drinkwitz than it was under Odom? The answer is I don't know. And while I think the recruiting is better, I don't even for sure know that quite yet if we're being honest about it um and and the biggest problem is it, it hasn't been better at the most important position on the field i mean th th that's the bottom line guys he doesn't figure out quarterback it's not gonna work <laughs> you can't in today's football you cannot win without um without anything um without i'm sorry without a quarterback you can't win without a quarterback I mean, and they don't have one. And I know that's the wrong day to get on that horse because Brady was decent, right? Today was not about Brady. He didn't play defense. It wasn't all about Brady Cook. But big picture, he is missing the most important position on the field. And that's a problem. Um, let's see. Uh Todd wants to know where's the creativity. We remember when Drink called flea flickers? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it it looks pretty vanilla, but I, I think I don't know. 
you gotta i, I it, that's probably unfair of me to say uh without without kind of getting into it a little deeper um and you know like something's got to your base offense has to work to set up the tricks um you know, I mean, I was I was so angry after the first time they put Macon on the field and called timeout for like the third or fourth time this year. And I was even texting with some people and we we're saying that doesn't work because nobody ever thinks you're going to snap the ball. And then credit to them, they snapped the ball and it should have worked. And Elijah Young dropped the pitch and whatever. So, you know, uh, you can't win for losing. I mean, um, I don't know if it's play calling, but the offense is there's not a lot there. Um, let's see. Uh, Alex says drink was humbled today. Maybe I'll do some inner reflection after this. I mean, I think the Tennessee game last year would have done it. Um, and I think he has been more humble this year. I think he has talked less, but sometimes he can't help himself. That's his personality. And I think what he said about Tennessee, I think that was a factor today. I, I, I really do. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's all I think. Uh, I, I I think it was a factor. <laughs> I like that Tearcell said it appeared Heidelberg apologized in drinks here. I know that's an autocorrect, but I liked it. So I wanted to put it there. Uh, Mizzou fan says, uh, no doubt they get an OC after the season. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to get one. I mean, you don't put a million dollars in the assistant coach pool to not hire an offensive coordinator. I think, I think you're right. I, I think that's going to be a part of it. Um, JB says, what do you think fan support will be next year in general? especially if drink sticks with cook yeah i don't know um it's always it's always kind of delayed a year right like i think a big part of the reason attendance is up this year is because people were kind of excited coming into this year and so you know maybe season tickets went up and maybe single game ticket sales went up and and so coming off last year i think people had some optimism and so that's why attendance is up this year. Now, this has been a disappointing season. I don't care what anybody says. I beat Arkansas fine. Six and six. It's a disappointing season. It, it's fallen short of what you, you hoped it was going to be. So I think it takes a little bit of a hit next year. I think Desiree Reed-Francois deserves a lot of credit for putting people in the stands. Um, basically, she's done everything fans have asked her to do. Um, game day experience, all these things have changed. And I think she's done a really good job with that. I think the fans deserve a lot of credit because you guys have shown up without any real reason to show up. I mean, you've had, you know, 58 against Georgia, then 60 and 61 against Vandy and Kentucky. Um, I don't know what New Mexico state and Arkansas will be, but, um, you know, New Mexico state is New Mexico state and then Arkansas is the day after Thanksgiving. So it's going to be what it's going to be. But I think Missouri fans have done their part this year. And, and I think the team had to give them something to, to reward them. And, and I don't think they have, I, I mean, they're, they're four and what is it? Four and six. Right. And uh, they're two and five in the sec and uh, just haven't been good enough. Uh, it, 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 the fans effort has been better than, than the team's effort overall. I, I think that is fair to say. Um, uh, Dan wants to know if we go five and eight, does, the AD have the political capital to support and replace and support to replace drink. Look, they just gave him an extension. They're not firing him this year. They might do it after next year, but they're not firing him after this year. I, I mean, and they never were going to, you know? Um, so I, it, that uh, appreciate it, Dan, but really that's immaterial. I mean, he's, he's going to be here next year and then we're going to see, you know, um, and uh, I see Gerard is, 
on the screen, Gerard, give me a thumbs up if you're ready to, to come into the stream anytime. All right, we're going to add Gerard from Knoxville, and we'll get back to your guys' questions in just a minute. But just uh, kind of 30,000-foot view from Neyland Stadium, Gerard, uh, gave it a shot for about 35 minutes, and then, uh, man, that, that got about as ugly as last year. Pretty pretty bad. Can you hear me first off? Yeah, me? I got you. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was it was it was good for like two quarters, and then what Drink kept saying is after the first possession of the second half, that's when the wheels fell off. This was the first time after any game that Drink didn't give an opening statement. Gives an opening statement before he does any talking to us. So he just went straight into questions. I asked the first one, just trying to ask him about the positives of, of the game. I mean, there was only a handful for him after the last, you know. I'm surprised there were any, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was happy about the two fourth down stops. He was happy about getting the field goal before half and then getting points, uh, get it 24-28. But after that, you know, your favorite term, self-inflicted wounds, um, penalties. I mean, they had 14 penalties, and the offensive line didn't get its first one until around the three-minute mark left in the game. Obviously, the offensive line is the most penalized group on the entire team. Uh, I, I asked Barrett Bannister. We only got one player. It was only Banner, uh, Barrett Bannister. Uh, this is the, uh, another first. We only got just one player. Uh, he said the noise and atmosphere definitely played a factor in this, but he said it's kind of on them to, to not have those false starts. They had three false starts by position players on, on, on one of those early drives in the mm -hmm. second half. But – there wasn't – you'd think he'd be, like, super mad, Drink was. He wasn't. It's – like, at this point, well, what do you do? Right, and and here's why I don't think he was super mad. I said this earlier, and I think I texted it to you during the game. This isn't as complex as we're trying to make it. Tennessee's a lot better football team. They have better players. I, I mean, they're just better at I, – I, I mean, yes, I think they also probably have a better coach, but, like, they, they're a better team. They're just – they're better. <laughs> I don't know how you overcome that. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty much like. I mean, there was he. He was talking about the wounds and stuff like that, but it was just. It just got to a point where it's just like, we messed up, and then they just started going in. Uh, um, somebody asked at the end, was he mad that Hype was trying to go for you know for the sixty right. burger pretty much, and he was like, no. And in good. my mind, first thought, I was thinking was good because versus Kansas State, you called a timeout and try to score. Right, so I right. knew he wasn't yeah. going to be mad at that because he he understands it. But, I mean, to be honest, they didn't really say much that you probably haven't said in here. I mean, yeah. like after you lose by 32 or something 42. like that. Or 42. Yeah. 42. Wow, I'm massive. Yeah, after you lose like that, there's really not much to say Right. giving up 38 unanswered. So. Right. And, and – Look, I, I, I started the show off saying don't be mad at Josh Heupel because two things. First of all, he's trying to make a statement to the playoff committee. Like, I mean, we said coming into this game, if he could score 80, he's going to score 80. And second of all, Eli's talking about Tennessee this summer on Feinbaum's show. I promise there are people that remember that. And I promise that was not on somewhere in there that was a factor. You know, when he basically said, yeah, Tennessee, you know, maybe my record against them should be 2-0 and because they used him ineligible. I mean, he, he didn't mean it as a shot at Josh Heupel, but I promise it was taken that way. So here's the real thing. Man, what the hell happened to this defense? Because, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that Tennessee scored on them, but I didn't see that coming. I thought Missouri's defense was better than to have that happen. 
and it's just so crazy because you a lot of people were trying to use like kind of comparing well they held georgia down georgia was mm-hmm. coming to uh, week 11 as the number 11th or 12th ranked offense in the country so i guess that was a, at a good measuring stick and now that just tells me georgia had an off night clearly i mean we know that right. it, it wasn't all you know missouri but now it just shows me even more that that was more of an off night from georgia then it was maybe a great like, performance. So, so somebody asked me this, not affiliated with Missouri. Somebody texted me in the middle of the fourth quarter. How schedule-driven has this defensive improvement been? Like, I don't think it's all schedule-driven. They've been good. But, I mean, like, Vanderbilt's not good on offense. Kentucky's not good on offense. South Carolina's not good on offense. Florida's not good on offense. And Auburn's not good on offense. So, Yes, Missouri held them down, but they've also played probably the five worst offenses in the SEC. And when they played the other two, I mean, Georgia was okay, and Tennessee was obviously great. Yeah. I'm, now that you like said it's, that. It's fair to think about. Now right? that you said that, yeah, that sounds about right. And I don't I don't really want to say that, though, because I want to give them – you can only play – Right, one they deserve some credit. You know, and I'm not trying to make this seem like you guys should strip away the defense and they're terrible. It's not that. Tennessee has better players. The scheme just crushes teams like this if you have the talent for it to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about hypo spread offense. But, yeah, that you just mentioned all those teams that Missouri played before, and you don't include Georgia, Georgia having a bad night. None of those teams can really do anything great. Mm-hmm. To be honest, they're not even a, like uh, they, they're not even like good at one thing really. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we don't want to keep you here all night. So I want to get to some questions and comments, and I'll just kind of pick and choose some here. And I, I, I picked this one because I kind of noticed it on TV. Carried by dad says, "Anyone else notice Burden just kind of being toxic? He always walks right past drinks." So I noticed when Luther scored his touchdown pat touchdown. Like, he came back to the sideline, and Drinkwood's kind of, you know, wanted to give him a high five, and Luther kind of blew by him, and Drinkwood's almost chased him down the sideline. And even th- then they showed another shot of him talking to Luther, and it almost looked like Luther was just kind of not li- – look, I don't want to read too much into a shot on TV, but it did look weird, man. I I heard something about it. I did not see it myself. I mean, from up here, I'm, I, right. I'm not getting yeah. the close-up to everything or whatever, but – I heard that, and I and my first thought is he probably just went past it, didn't see it, maybe. Right. Got to yeah. see the shot, the team, because I I don't know exactly how it looked on TV, but my thing is they do frequently talk about Luther playing angry, so maybe that could have been something. <laughs> maybe um, it's good, but, but yeah. uh, I I don't know. A lot of receivers, to be honest, and Dom was talking about it this week. A lot of receivers they don't get the ball every play. They're going to be a little. There's going to be frustration. I mean, stuff doesn't go their way. I seen. Early in the game, uh, Brady Cook could have had Dom Lovett for a touchdown. Seemed like mm-hmm. he had beat his man and everything, and Dom kind of yeah. did a, a quick little mm, like that, but not too much. But wide receivers going to do that again? I have to see the clip you you're talking about to, to kind of understand. Right, right, and and I don't want to make too much of it, but it, it did catch my eye during the game. So uh, Walt Palmer says, and we texted back and forth about this exact point during the game today. Like this kind of sums it up. Brady did really good today, comma relatively speaking. And that's kind of it to me, right? Like, yeah, for what you expect, he played pretty well. But, I mean, Rick Neuheisel turned this dude into Patrick Mahomes on the broadcast, man. He wasn't the best quarterback in this game, and it wasn't close. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you texted me, he was that, fine. When when you texted me that, it did put it in perspective because I mean, this is his first game all season, I believe, with multiple multiple touchdowns. He's had three or four multi interception games, so it was great right. that he didn't have any turnovers. But then when you and he had the hundred yards on the ground, he was clearly their best offensive player. Uh, but the problem is again when you're to his standards or what you expect right. from him, it was great. But 58% passing, um, less than 200 yards, I want to say, throwing the ball. I have to look at the stats. 200, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay, 200 yards passing. I mean, said this in the preview, I want to say, even if he had multiple touchdowns, basically, and he played like versus South Carolina, not even – that's not going to do anything. It's not right. going to put a dent in this. And it did for a minute, but obviously not too long. And like I said, I mean, if you're grading on a curve, like today was a C game from the Missouri offense, maybe C plus because they didn't turn it over. But if you grade on a curve for this offense, that's an A, man. Like it's their best performance of the year. But if you're grading overall, it's like C plus. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Cook threw three touchdowns versus Abilene Christian. So Okay, yeah, that doesn't count. So, I mean, his first multi-touchdown game versus uh, – power five opponents, but you're right. This is around a, a A-ish grade. And I asked, I did ask Drink about the offensive line and how he felt about them because, to be honest, again, they only had the one penalty, and I didn't see too much compared to their standard go wrong. Right. He said, he said like, for the offensive line, again, two quarters in the first drive, and then everything just fell under them. But I don't know if that was so much the offensive line still, really. By that point – Tennessee's kept packing on the points, and a lot of the penalties were on position players. So, right, right. Uh, Brian's asking Gracie Isaac Thompson, Jamari, and Wayne, are they redshirt? Yeah, they're all going to redshirt um, at, at this point in time. Um, inexcusable not to get Horn some playing time. So, look, I said I don't care if it's Sam Horn, but Gerard, like, you're down 59 24, man. No other quarterback can take a snap. I, I I didn't get why. Maybe Tyler I don't know. Macon Give Jack Abraham a series, man. Tyler Macon can take a snap. Oh, I, I know. We talked. Right. At least he finally know. took a snap. Okay. I know you probably talked about this, but I want to yeah. I want to I want to jump okay. in on this conversation. So the first time they did it, I was telling people in the press box. I said next time they run this play because what was there? Three games left, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just two. Yeah. Okay. Three, so, including today. Yeah. Okay, so I was saying, well, you might as well put Sam Horn in the Tyler Maker spot. He's big enough to get the first down, and you can say you got him on the field, some whatever. But stop doing this fake stuff. But then when they did the play, and you knew they were going to run it down this much because, like, whatever. When they right. did it, you know, and Elijah. And it was going to it was gonna work when they finally gonna, snapped it. Was, it was going to work. And I remember saying, well, that's another thing they lost. They lost the turnover battle with that one. And it, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's funny because they're like the Cowboys sometimes. What can go wrong will go wrong. Perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Um, so it, it, somebody's asking, Brandon's asking if anybody asked Drink what it takes to let backups get snaps. I, I doubt it because after that game, that's not really the time, but but I could be wrong. I mean, no. I'm, it was a – I feel like there it was, was a – quick game. post game. It was it, it was my recording has like seven or eight minutes. He was very yeah. quick, and people were kind of speculating that he heard his players. The locker room wasn't too far over, so he knew they were kind of 
you know, emotional. So right. I feel he was feeling like he was speeding up the conference. That's why he didn't let have an opening statement, just in case he needed to go back to the locker room and kind of settle some tensions down. But no, no one asked. To be honest, that again, that's not really the question. I know you guys are gonna say you should ask. That's not really what he's thinking about after getting blown out by 40, and he felt like he right. wasn't a chance to play the game. I mean, yeah, why didn't you're right? Why did somebody else take snaps? But he doesn't. But care it's not a down 40 points, right? And Cook and Cook was still playing well, I guess. I mean, yeah, I I thought another quarterback should have gotten a couple series, but like I'm not going to make a big deal of it. It was 66 yeah, uh, 24. Like it, nothing was going to change anything of how he felt or probably would answer any of these questions so it wasn't a thought on anybody's mind to be honest we was hoping we were just wondering how he's going to come in mentally you know sometimes after a game (laughs) he looks very very stressed yeah well he he had a long time to prepare for what this one was was going to be at the end you know so that might i think it was the false hope of being 28 24 after half. you know feeling something Yeah. Um, so, look, in the end, we're exactly where we thought we were going to be for like three weeks. Pretty it's going to be probably five and six Missouri playing five and six Arkansas for like a the Gasparilla or the the Birmingham Bowl. I mean, that's that's where we're going to be at on in thirteen days, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. Here we go. This is Drake's biggest comment uh really i mean not biggest as far as work but just what he's talking about the most is senior week apparently is this week i mean we know senior day for tennessee today and they obviously showed up but he said senior week is this week a lot about bouncing back and putting this game behind them and you know a lot of coach speeds. it's um, it's real easy to talk about bouncing back when new mexico state coming to town. yeah yeah it's easy to think about and, and seeing arkansas lose to lsu again i don't know what their record is but it's the same isn't it? it's around the same level it, I mean, they're five and five, and they play. Uh, I think somebody that's going to beat like, them next week, yeah. maybe Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. something. Probably. Yeah. So he was talking about bouncing back and and stuff like that. Again, a lot of coach speak and a lot of not really talking about anything uh, in this press conference. Uh, but you know how it goes after you lose by forty plus. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Sounds uh, sounds pretty standard for for what we would expect. Uh, Arkansas, yes. Is five or is five and five? They host Ole Miss next week, so I would expect five and six Arkansas at five and six Missouri the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, all right, man, uh, we'll let you get to work. I'm gonna get to work a little bit. We will have uh, full coverage of whatever that was. Fun, fun. <laughs> at least the stadium, right, stadium's cool though. Stadium's it is. Cool. It's awful big. You ever been ever been somewhere with 101,000 other people before? Uh, no. Well, was Florida not Florida? Florida's not quite that big. Florida's in the nineties. Okay. Okay. Well, no, this was, this was great. I like how the, it's a real bowl. This was, it's giving Auburn a run for its money. I like Auburn. I like this one, but, uh, it clearly played a factor today. So. Yep. Yep. All right, Gerard. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you. Have a good one. Gerard Hamilton with us from Neyland stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, appreciate all you guys hanging out. Um, think we covered it i mean was looked maybe okay for a while on a curve maybe it was okay but then everything kind of fell apart um missouri a little bit exposed today no question um and falls to four and six on the season 
Got to win the last two to, to get to 500 and be bowl eligible. So I want to ask you guys while you're here, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, uh, share us on social media, do all the things that that let people know what we do uh, here on this show. We, we do our midweek shows Tuesday and Wednesdays. We do post-game shows. We got two more post-game football shows. We'll probably sprinkle in some some basketball uh, post-game shows during the, the year, whether it's after KU you know, Kentucky, whatever, we'll, we'll sprinkle them in after three or four big games, uh, get get the Hoops fans some stuff. So like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us some positive reviews. Regardless of what you do, go to 573TEES.com. Support our sponsor. That is 573TEES. Great local business in Columbia, Missouri. They outfitted me for this show, and really they outfit me and Gerard like and drew like five days a week because we got enough stuff from them. We just walk around as walking billboards for power Mizzou. Uh, so they can do custom gear. They, uh, they can do, you know, small orders, big orders. They can do absolutely anything you guys want. They made me an Ed Chang Jersey. It was literally an order of one. Uh, so get in touch with them at five, seven, three T E E S.com or in alley a between ninth and 10th street in downtown Columbia, just a little bit South of Broadway. Touch base with them there. Uh, Missouri again, a 66-24 loser today. Gerard and I will have full coverage coming forth on the site. Talk to you all later.